0: Uduwasha City, where the sun is a mirror and the moon a shadow. 800 years ago, the gates of death were broken by the Emperor Immortal. The five key bearers, however, had already unlocked them and walked right through. It is in Uduwasha City they dwell. In. Now, the ghost field breathes next to our reality, lit by the eternal flame of the well of Udu. It is a second skin. A place where thought and will struggle against gravity and light. In other places the dead congregate in the ghost field but in Uduwasha, the well city, the hell city, they fall straight into the flames. See its glittering districts. Kshitijpur where the rich plot to buy the horizon. Bunda West where the refugees of two different nations flock and Pasarhantu the vertical maze of market and murder and here is Udepath where the ceaseless temple resides its inhabitants a family a snake and a god the temple has stood since before the gods of this world were forgotten watch as it turns the wheels of revolution welcome to desperate retune an actual play podcast about people who take risks so they can survive against the arts.
1: Hello, and welcome back to Desperate Tune. I'm Tree. I'm your GM. With me are my players, Clow. Hello, uh, Joan. Sorry, Emma. I'm so sorry.
2: Hi, hello. We'll just delete that bit. Don't worry.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, Joan, who is... Emma, who is playing Joan. Oh my god. I'm so sorry. I don't know why... I'm sorry, Emma. I think it's because you just both have very typical white girl names. I know. Um, it was
3: about, I was about to say.
1: But I, but I regret this because uh, Emma is my friend and Joan is a made-up person, so you shouldn't really get them confused with one another. Uh, Emma, who's playing Joan...
3: Hi, hello.
1: Prince, who is playing Vickers. Hello. And Adiath, who is playing Abbas. Yes, hello. And of course, Clow, this session is going to be playing Freya and not Miraz. This is that last session, the crew went into the heart of the Kingfisher Grotto, the sanctum sanctorum of the forgotten god, the Kingfisher, which apparently... Praise on people by convincing them that they are the rightful rulers of Iruvia or in this or in Freya's case of Skavlan and empowering them to go and conquer those places that they claim to be the rulers of. The crew had sent their two wards or rather they had sent one of their wards, Maud, uh, into the hands of the kingfisher. But having realized that this was in fact a terrible idea, they chased after Maud. Uh, along with Maud's sibling, Johannes, in order to rescue them. Following a, an explosive confrontation in the grotto, incited by Abbas's use of a fragment of a fallen star in order to set the kingfisher on fire, the crew managed to get out with their hides intact, less so some of their sanity. And in fact, I tell a lie, because Miraz's hide was very much not intact which is why he will be taking a little bit of a break uh, in order to recuperate from his wounds, and Freya is going to take his place while he's getting better. And I would be remiss to not mention, of course, that the very important thing that also happened in the last session was that Joan ate the kingfisher. And we will see what that means, not just in this session, but probably the rest of the campaign. So I can't wait for that. Hi, everyone. How are you doing?
2: I think it's also uh, worth mentioning the uh, the possession by the shri- Shrine Builder.
1: Oh, yes, correct. Th- th- there were just so many things happening that I forgot yes. that, like, <laughs> another incredibly insane thing happened, which is, of course, that Miraz was briefly possessed by a previous incarnation of his called the Shrine Builder, who was the first devotee, or so they say, of the... Eternal One, and in fact built the temple, and probably did other things as well, because while being possessed by the god, Freya immediately recognized the entity possessing Miraz as the shrine builder. These effects continue to linger, and we will see more of that as well in the days, weeks, months to come, both in real life and in the game. What a session. Yes. Okay, so where we saw the temple last was that Zajidan had gone off to see miraz who was recuperating in the care of the healer Amitab. and i think in fact zajidan has been regularly going from the temple to be with his son because he's worried and he has also like kind of appreciated the fact that this is a somewhat of, a, of, of something to do like he's been at at loose ends for the last few months and he does very well with a purpose and he's very worried but I think what that means is that is that the temple is kind of bereft of Zajidan's presence uh, as Miraz recuperates and I guess we open on on this empty courtyard where normally Zajidan would be having breakfast but he's not there is everyone doing, I guess, a day or two after this incredible series of occurrences?
4: i th- I know what Vickers is doing. I've already done okay. my free downtime actions. I did that last time. Yes. But that is true. Vickers is exercising, I think with this empty courtyard being available to her, she is working out. And this is not like for any real practical purpose. This is literally just her working the stress off because she doesn't have Miras around and she is that more than anything is very stressful to her obviously he's being hospitalized and so having done all of her praying and her meditations and whatnot you know we saw her last session praying and communing with the chakraborty and then she realized that this may be all well and good but it doesn't get my mind off things and so she is working out to like an unhealthy degree i think right now just to get her mind off of things excellent what about everyone else? I think I'll go last.
1: Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah, I, I'm curious about Abbas now. I don't think you have ever like used the ritual that you used in the last session before, right? Like this is the first time you've done something like this. What is Abbas's mood now? Now that he knows that like he can do something like this,
5: I think he was, his mood might be um, like a little apprehensive because or I guess because it's like an adrenaline rush as well, right? Like, he, like, like maybe just like a very prolonged adrenaline rush, like that's proportional to what he's uh, done. Like, he's he's a bit uh, twitchy, right? A bit. Uh, uh, I think I think that's what he's right now. He's just it's a bit uh, twitchy, like, and also because like um, what he's done there is like very dangerous, and yes. he did it out of desperation, and I think it's a little bit. Uh, Maybe a bit afraid of his own power right now.
1: Yeah, but I mean, the other thing that has happened is that you've been shunned by the avatar of your god. And I imagine that is also taking its own toll on you.
4: Yeah, that is a project that we should all work on, I think. The whole getting back into our god's good graces.
5: Right, like, yeah, because last session as well, the uh, the avatar, the, the, um, I think, very clearly told us to get on with the temple restoration project, or else they will be very displeased. I thought, figured that's what we were going to do. I think, like, in terms of what's up us mind, um, like, practically, is, being, is that it, since uh, the temple restoration project has a timeline now, uh, and that's something he doesn't actually want to happen. He, like his plan going into this is to figure out what it is that um, Begum and her Group actually want.
1: Like, what is their actual plan? Yeah, absolutely. And I think we're going to see that like very shortly, right? Joan, what is your what is your mood now regarding the temple and your place in it now that? Like, the presence of the snake is nowhere to be felt. Like, you cannot... You cannot see it, you can't smell it, you can't hear it, right? It, it seems as if it has completely disappeared off the face of the Earth.
3: Joan has gone searching. We see, I think, how it is morning, and there is the empty sanctum sectorum that sits utterly like almost bottomless and quiet, but at the bottom of it uh, she has been searching for any hint of its passage or where it might have gone. And now in the morning we see her waking up there having fallen asleep. Her mood, I think, is that she's conflicted, seems too weak of a word. On the one hand, there is all this supernatural nonsense that has happened, and anyone who would look at her would see that she, is, she has this kind of struck dumb look in her eyes that had been fading away over the last few months and has now returned. And on the other hand, the, abs- the absence of the holy presence in the temple has made her doubt why she came here and why she devoted herself to it so completely. It seems almost like an irrational obsession.
1: The presence of the Kingfisher in you, which has no agency of its own, but does still persist in you, is itself almost like hungry to jump out of you and, and claim this space that has been left behind? I mean, even if you wanted to do that, you wouldn't know how to, but what is your your reaction to that kind of like, it's almost a yearning.
3: She doesn't react to it because she doesn't recognize that it's the kingfisher. If an alien being puts a thought into your mind, you will not be able to tell that it's, another another person's thought or at least in this case it feels like it's her own yearning
6: yeah yeah makes sense
3: and perhaps with the snake having stormed away in a huff almost that's what it feels Mm. like she might even feel that it's justified
1: and lastly freya i think that in fact when zajidan goes to the healer uh, he goes with Maud because Johannes is also at Amitabh's uh, because they have like also suffered quite a terrible injury or series of injuries, including ghost possession. And so though you see Maud um, in the mornings and evenings, and it's not like Zajidan has completely disappeared either, for the most part, you are left to your own devices. So what have you been doing?
2: After spending a day or two, or maybe a bit more, basically curled up in a ball, Freya has, for the first time, decided to go out on her own, kind of blinking into the, what do we call it? The mirror light? I guess we can call yeah. it the mirror light. The daylight. Equivalent. Yeah. Makes sense. And she's, and like, um, you can see that gears have started to turn in her head, and she kind of like moves furtively. Um through the alleys of Udaput and heads towards Bundarvest to work on some Dantim actions. That's okay. Nice to start with.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So just to flag today's agenda will be several things. Um, the Rakshasas, uh, the silver nail, um Shama talking to the serpent, the the ghost of Budon Budan. How, how do you say this, Emma? Baudain. Baudain. Uh, thank you so much. Um, you would imagine having recorded this that I would remember. Uh, Baudain um, and Padma Priya and Padma Mukhi meeting Joan and Abbas um, and the committee. So all of these things need to happen. so, uh, yeah, so let's
2: keep, it. Keep, keep the pace up. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So Freya is going to Bundervis to work on... Uh... Uh, reducing heat so Freya she's going to be meeting one of her contacts so let's do a little bit of like world building establishing there's a faction that we haven't uh, featured yet though we have said that there is no actual law enforcement as such in Uduasha there is a military in Uduasha that aside from the imperial military in the imperial world which is largely for the sake of the governor and for imperial control there is a local armed force. They're called the Farsun, which is the plural of Faris. Faris being one of the European playbooks and the same one that Vickers is using. So they're basically soldiers and so on, mercenaries. And they operate out of a fortress in Bundervist that kind of overlooks the old port. And she's going to talk to one of them that she has as a contact. Her special friend. Um, this person is called Julekha.
6: Julekha, nice. Yes.
2: Um... Her, her tags are reckless, swashbuckling, popular. Her description is a mercenary from Bright Harbor who married into the Farsun, quickly gaining reputation as a bold, enduring fighter. She wishes to break custom that prevents Farsun from joining the battles in the Colosseum. Ah. Ah i just realized we also have not established the colosseum but um it, it's for the listeners this is the colosseum is what it sounds like i'm sure we will eventually it's, it's end a colosseum yes yeah <laughs> i'm sure we will yeah. end up there at some point so i'm going to mm-hmm. go speak to this person um and uh-huh. i think like as freya kind of like moves through bundervest she is mm-hmm. intentionally trying to avoid the uh, the hospitality ghetto like she's trying to avoid the skovlander refugee quarters and so on and she's mm-hmm. trying to find where Faris Juleka might be on this given day which is usually probably in a very public space probably showing off in some way but she's trying to get her alone
1: yeah i think i know where Juleka is i think she is where did we say the the falling star sword academy was
2: that's a good question we didn't necessarily courts for the blade
1: masters in the colosseum in fact we're going to see the colosseum I... right now Okay. Um, I, th- I think we do not see this inside the Coliseum because Juleka is not permitted to fight there. We see her in a large public space, probably um, some kind of, not a park, like a maidan near the Coliseum. It like uh, rises in the distance and everybody's aware that like, the reason she is here is to try and get in there. And she is having some kind of exhibition fight with one of the one of the swordsmen, swordspeople um of the of the fall, falling star, uh, which is the Ustad Urzan Diamond Toot. Diamond toot Diamond Tooth. Urzan is a a, a tall built man uh, some might even call him built like a brick shithouse he is not the kind of sword wielder that i think people kind of imagine these days where it's like oh you know you're quick and fast and like you know uh oh batajutsu, whatever i think like uh he wields the sword you know both hands on the hilt and when he swings it you better not be there uh when it comes to hit you and right now I think Juleka and Turzan are having this fight and honestly Juleka is losing because Diamond Tooth is the best of the best and he's kind of playing with her he's kind of trying to show her that you know she's not good enough to be the col- in the Coliseum and I think you can see like there's a little crowd they're yelling you know definitely somebody's taking bets but at the end of the day, after a particularly nasty fall, Turzan is pointing his curved Talvar down at Juleka, who is on the ground, and says something to the effect of, um, now you can stay and eat dirt, which is what you deserve. you know, Or some zinger like that and walks off. And that's, I think,
2: where you see her. Mm. They call him Diamond Tooth, not because he has diamonds in his teeth, but because he does that thing where he smiles and it just goes ding! amazing yes fantastic he's been practicing in front of the mirror for 15 years to get it right but it's time well spent
1: Uh uh-huh he practiced his smile and his sword work and they are both top notch Uh
2: uh-huh yeah what does Julika look like? how are you picturing her?
1: Mm, good question I'm kind of thinking of her as um fairly like Uh, Not very tall, um, almost like a bit plain looking, not like especially next to someone like Turzan who was like incredibly hot, right? Like uh, she kind of looks like, oh, you're just a person, kind of chubby cheeks. And I think like maybe the thing that you really like notice about her is the scars on her arms, which come from like all of the fights that she's been in. And she has not really been just in exhibition fights. She's also been in like real scraps. Um, So you can see, like, you know, on her arms are the, like, a lifetime of sword gashes that have like, healed up.
2: Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah, I'm getting a very sports anime protagonist vibe here.
1: She's definitely the protagonist of a sports anime. I don't think she knows that, like, this may be a tragedy and not, like, a comedy.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, you know,
1: I don't think we know either, to be clear.
2: Yeah. I think Freya's going to... So Freya's like in her hood and so on, um, and she kind of like goes up to Juleka and kind of like extends her hand and kind of like lifts her up. And I think it's it's more the thought that counts because Freya is a very skinny, a small person, and even though Juleka is like uh not a brick shit house, she's still much bigger than the person uh Freya's trying yeah. to pull up. Um but I think like Juleka would be able to recognize Freya despite the hood and yeah. the look. <laughs> Yeah.
1: I think, I mean, she will, she's going to look at you and, like, say your name.
2: Yeah, I'm going to put my finger to my lips.
1: Yeah, yeah, and she, so she'll stop herself at that moment. She'll be like, oh, oh, hey, first... Mm-hmm.
2: And I will kind of indicate, like, an alley or something.
1: I think there's probably, like, a bunch of, like yeah nooks and crannies that you can kind of duck into i'm imagining that like maybe you can actually no i think what happens is that as you walk past like a chaiwala uh juleka will take she carries a flask with her and she's gonna buy a flask and i think that like the flask is a new like imperial innovation and she fills it and then like points to like a little corner and then pours out like two little cups of chai.
2: Uh-huh, yeah. And uh, I drink the tea and I kind of like give her a smile and I, and I say, it's been a long time since I've seen you. And out of character, I think, I don't think I've seen Julika since I became possessed.
1: Yeah, no, I don't think she's seen you. I think she is probably gonna say something like, weren't you gonna become queen of Scotland?
2: Yeah, that's, uh... and a kind of shadow kind of crosses over her face, and then she kind of just shakes her head and says, it was, it was really, really bad. I Something took over. Something took over. It's gone now. I'm, I'm sheltering now in the, you know, the ceaseless temple, the one of the, the one with the eternal snake in uh, Udiput. I think Juleka kind of
1: wrinkles her brow and says, yeah, I think I've heard of it. They in some trouble with the ch- ch- Chandlers a little while ago? Is that the same people?
2: Yeah, I think uh, Freya kind of like gives a shrug as they're like, yeah, maybe. Because I don't think she's heard about that. True. Sure. Uh, then she just says, they, they took me in. They, they were the ones who rescued me as well. I, I owe them everything. It's, I don't remember that much and I wanted, to, but I, I, but w- what I do remember, I wish I could tell you, but even that, it's hard. I, I know it's been a long time since you've seen me and now I'm suddenly appearing, but I need your help. So how did you become friends with her? Yeah, so Freya, she used to be like a petty um... mage, sort of con artist kind of person. Like, she would do, like, I'm, Confidence. A Mirage. Training. Yeah, Mirage. Yeah, she's the Mirage playbook. So she kind of, like, she she's had a small career in, like, the, uh, the various cabarets and, like, uh, fortune-telling places and, sh- and uh, brothels and all that in Ash Cluster and all that. And I think, in general, like, she made friends with Juleka. When Julika came in for like a palm reading, at one time, and like the actual person that Freya mm-hmm. used to mostly work for and who is her mentor, and we will come to her probably later because let's not get into too much exposition now. But mm-hmm. when she came, when Julika came in for a palm reading, I think there was just something about Julika, like just the straightforwardness, and I think like I probably have seen her doing this exact same thing of trying to get inside the Colosseum before. Because Ashkrester is quite close to the Colosseum, they're connected. Yep. yeah. There's just I just t- took to her, and I think like instead of like giving her a palm reading, I just straight up told her that I have no fucking idea, uh, and <laughs> to save her money. And I think since yeah. then we have just kind of like had this candid relationship, nice. probably one of the few ones of like actual honesty and so on in Freya's life, prior to becoming possessed and turned into the sock puppet of a god.
1: Yes, I think Julika. Says um, anything for a friend, right? You're sure that like whatever trouble you were mixed up in, it's it's over. You know that I like. If you need if you need me to do anything,
2: like you know,
1: I'll I'll beat anybody up. I have no problem.
2: Mm-hmm. Freya gives a smile and says, "Hopefully, you won't have to beat anyone up. But let's say that if it may come to it, and that's part of why I'm asking you." But mostly i'm asking you because well you're one of the few that i really do still trust as to what happened i don't know if it's over yet i still feel something sometimes i don't know if it's over but one thing that is going to be a problem for me and for well my new hosts at the temple is that it, the, the, the thing convinced me that I was going to be the Queen of Scotland, and people listened to me. People paid attention. People knew who I was or who I pretended to be. And now I'm gone and people are going to talk. Pe- I know people are still... People must be talking. I have been avoiding it, but they must be talking about it in Vandere West. They must be talking about it in other places as well. And my pe- my, my new my new friends, they don't need that kind of heat on them. They're already taking such a big risk on me. Can you... I don't know. You're good at... You, people know you. They trust you. Can you... I don't know. Can can you tell them some lies or something? Like like anything other than the truth. Can you... I don't know. Maybe tell them that any rumor they hear about what happened in Wunderfest that day in the in the grotto. Like maybe you were the one who rescued me or something. Something like that. Like, I, I just don't want the temple to be mentioned that much, or people to just or maybe just have different stories, you know?
1: I can do one better. How about we say that you got out of town, you're heading to Scotland right now with a select group of extremely trusted and loyal people, and You know, we're not going to hear from you until you're successful. And sure, some people might think it's all a lie, but they were that's the kind of thing revolutionaries do, right?
2: Freya kind of like nods and grins and says, I think you can tell how out of it I am based on the fact that I didn't come up with that one myself. And there's just absurdity. But yes, that's that's great. People don't have to believe it. The important thing is so that there's another story. Moving around a story that's just as good. Right? And so, out of character, I'm now going to move, roll Concert with the extra dice for her. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm reducing heat clearly.
1: Yeah, makes sense.
2: Yeah, let's see what that does. Oh. oh well, it's and a three. three. Yeah, it's a three. Yeah. So I reduce one. one heat. I mean, it's yes. a lot of heat to try to reduce. So I think it's. Yeah, I five. mean.
1: Yeah, and I think it's also that, unfortunately, you were a very influential person. Um, And this is just one more rumor in the swirling vortex of rumors that are going around. Uh, To some extent, it's a good thing that there's, like, so much confusion and, like, nobody's clear about what happened because it means that you can kind of slip this in. But it also means that the attention is still on you and people still, I think, associate... Um, the temple with what happened, but you know mm-hmm. um, it worked a little bit right? and I think it lays the groundwork for future heat reduction
2: yeah, let's try to do it again let's try to reduce heat, mm-hmm. time, but not concert again, cool. but I'm still using juleka. I think we yeah. kind of like give it a couple days to kind of like uh, let the new rumors circulate and they don't yeah, like they don't seem to be doing as much. People are saying, the ceaseless temple have gone to Scotland, you know? So it's like,
6: yeah,
2: yeah, it's not yeah. helping that much. So yeah. I think, so the furries, this is the fursoon, right? They are, they aren't like, as as you said, they aren't like the police, but they do, do arresting and so on. They have, in their fortress, there is a dungeon, right? So if necessary to arrest people and all that, they're the ones who do it. Yeah, so I think what I'm going to ask Julika to do, and this may be a big ask or not. So even though she, my friend, it may come, it may not be a fortune rule, It may be an action rule, You can tell me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask her if she can find any like incident reports or anything that's been actually logged at the fortress uh, mm-hmm. in bundervest related to what happened at Kingf- Kingfisher Grotto, and we're going to. Replace them with doctored documents or incident reports. Oh,
1: I think this is an action role because it's not. This would normally be actually the kind of thing that is a score. Like breaking in somewhere and like replacing like a document inside is not like usually the kind of thing that people do without having good reason. And therefore it is quite well protected. Now, Julekha is like a very well respected Faddis and does have some access but that doesn't necessarily mean it doesn't necessarily mean like it'll go perfectly but mm-hmm. i i actually i think the risk here is going to be that like if you don't do this perfectly Harvil Subramanian who is the lawyer the mob lawyer and who is exactly the kind of person who would be paying attention to this kind of thing might step in to make it perfect and then turn up and extort you
2: Okay. Hardil is also one of my contacts because, of course, he is. Yes, of course. And, he is. Absolutely. And we, and we should remember that Hardil is now also our crew's word boss, as it were. So, yeah. I am perfectly happy to take the consequence of Hardil getting involved. Yeah. So, what's my position? Is it risky?
1: I think this is risky. I think it's risky standard. You can do this, you know, and your position with Hardil might get a bit worse, but, you know, I don't think that, like, it is fun here for you to try and get for you to like get caught doing this, right? It's much more fun to like get out maybe even more compromised, but conservation of NPCs, etc.
2: Yeah. Okay. So normally when one reduces heat, it's a fortune roll, and based on the die result, you reduce heat according to the die result, right? So but yes. if it's an action roll, then it's a different sort of thing, right? So at standard effect, if I succeed. Um, How much should I be reducing the heat?
4: Two
1: heat. So the way that I'm thinking of this is that limited effect is a one to three. Standard effect is a four to five. Great effect is a six. Um, So standard effect, if you roll uh, a four or above, you'll reduce two two heat.
2: Mm -hmm. Excellent. I mean, obviously, I'm tempted to go for desperate great. And I have no reason not to. So I'm going to go for desperate great. Uh, more documents. We're going to we're going to burn the midnight oil. We're going to keep the documents overnight. We're gonna work really hard. Uh, yeah. And I'm. I suppose yeah. We'll see what the desperate consequence is. It might actually,
4: It might really strain my relationship with Julika as well. This is a huge ass. This. This might be bending the uh, the rules a little bit. But can I ask if our high society ability applies? Plus one die to gather info about the city's elite.
1: Hmm.
4: The problem I don't is, think
1: it yeah, is that like your target is not one of the city's elite. Not in the way that I think that like yeah. we would normally think about this. Because even Freya, when she was, you know, theoretically queen, was not like high society in that way. That's fair. Yeah. No, but I think it's a good call to mention that. I think
2: mm-hmm.
1: I often forget that you have it. So,
2: yeah. Okay. Also, I'm taking an extra dice for Julika. Does
1: yep, it still count? Sense. Okay. Oof! A two, a one, and a two. And I'll tell you what happens: is you turn up, you burn the midnight oil, you replace everything, you leave thinking you've done a great job, and the next day we see um, Hardil have a meeting with someone. Like it's this very quick montage of them like talking, and then Hardil hands them some cash, and then this person returns. Um, takes out all of the paperwork that you've done and replaces it with impeccable paperwork. But the reason that I think it doesn't reduce any heat is that the heat is like an abstraction of the attention that is on you at the moment, right? And like what yep. you've done is redirected it from broadly, you know, like the institutions that, that care about you specifically to Hudvil, who is now like, you know, I disappeared. And now they're trying to like fiddle with what happened that evening after I fucked off. You know, I and now I'm like cleaning up that mess.
4: Um, and that's gonna be a reckoning, right? Can I request that we owe him a score? Because I think that would be a fun way yes. to get involved in to like yeah. set us up that for is... an interesting score down the line.
1: That is absolutely what he is going to make you do, right? Like he's just like not even just one score. I think he's generally gonna lean on you to do things for him because he's heard what you've done in the grotto, and a group of people like you would be very useful, and the temple is an excellent front.
2: Hey guys, Freya's helping.
6: Freya yeah, he is. Absolutely, absolutely.
2: Great. <laughs> very good.
1: Um,
2: uh-huh. uh, in because fact, I have an I action roll we... and I failed, I guess I reduced no heat at all. No,
1: you don't reduce any heat, indeed, yes. You might yeah. reduce three heat, you reduce zero. <laughs> In fact, I think what I will also do is I will make Hardil... Um, he will inveigle himself into your committee as a way to like keep an eye on what you're doing and keep like his finger on the pulse of the temple. So he'll turn
2: up uh, shortly. I mean, he should. I mean, he's a pro bono lawyer, remember? Miras, yes. and he worked out the deal.
1: Yeah, that's uh, all of that is true, but like, he wasn't necessarily going to represent his boss's interests, now he's definitely going to just work all the angles.
2: I well, do he's always, he's definitely representing our interests, he's our pro bono lawyer. He has no other yes. interests we're talking about.
1: Indeed, yeah.
2: Okay, that's my downtime. This is my contribution.
6: Thank you. Uh, okay. uh, what uh, is everyone else doing?
4: Yeah, everyone else has more downtime. I I think, I thought about it. And I think since I already stated what Vickers is doing, which is just like hard training, Mm -hmm. I'm just gonna like say here that I am doing two downtime actions because I think it fits in this context. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I'm going to spend stash rather than coin for these because even though it's less efficient, I think it makes sense. And it's just that Vickers is normally pretty good at maintaining the economy and household of of the household and the temple, but now she just kind of lets it go. So I'm spending stash to represent her having her her money less in order. Uh, I'm spending four stash on one action to train and one action to indulge vice because, like, physical exercise is her vice. So,
6: yeah, makes uh, sense. She rolls a critical hit on indulging vice.
4: Incredible. Do you have <laughs> that much stress. No, uh, well, I have eight stress, so I don't overindulge. Yeah. Can no, I, don't. as a consequence of critting, clear all my stress, though? It's a bit of a house rule, but.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's fine. Uh, but I'm I'm curious about how does that work? Like, what does what is so relieving?
4: What is... Uh, yeah, I think the interesting answer here, to put a little bit more story focus on this, is that Vickers is now just, like, doing hard exercise, right? And she's just doing this to distract herself, to drive out the demons of doubt and guilt and whatnot that she feels. So she's just pushing herself like hell. Right. But... It's you know, relieving stress, nonetheless. But I think no. what actually makes this a critical hit is her vice purveyor, Purnima, because her they like they have a very strange relationship. They're captains of rival teams, but it's a very yeah. friendly rivalry. yeah, and I think we don't have to play out the scene, but I think what makes this such a good thing for Vickers is that Purnima probably intervenes and goes like, "Look, you need rest, you're- yeah, you're hurting yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's one of those, like, it's not even, their usual dynamic is one of, like, rivalry. So normally she'd be like, (laughs) yeah, you know, you won't be a worthy opponent if you hurt yourself. But I think this is actually a more genuine, touching moment of, like, I I can tell that you are unhealthy at the moment. Yeah, And so, consequently, because of Purnima's intervention, rather than work herself to the bone, Vickers actually has, like, good exercise. She has, like, a very thorough exercise. She gets good rest afterwards. And she is, you know, feeling physically a lot better (laughs) after all this. Absolutely. Very good. So yeah. That's I I still have more things I want to do, but I just figured since I already established this is what Vickers is doing while everything else is going on, let me just handle it mechanically. So so. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. All right.
1: What are Joan and Abbas doing?
3: Joan is going to give away the fine lightning.
1: Ah, yes. It did survive intact, didn't
3: it? It did survive, but the other one did not. So No, yeah.
1: She has
3: to give Kahara and replacement.
2: Yes, yeah. Mm. At least Wait, she didn't did you didn't break two say? of them. It sounded like Joan's going to get struck by lightning.
1: She's going to give away her fine lightning hook because she broke the one that her friend Kahara gave her.
2: I see. So she's not going to get struck by lightning. Well, Miraz blew
3: up the one that Kahara gave her. I think it's ah, what happened. Yes,
1: that is what happened. You are correct. In, in an attempt to try and like shock that ghost. Mm-hmm very good Mm, yes okay i mean i think that uh broken lightning hooks are not necessarily unknown to railjacks like they're part of the job the problem is that you know she wasn't meant to give it to you and um she was definitely going against regulations so i think when you when you give the lightning hook back to her so i guess like we're back in the Imperial Quarter were back in that train station in her bunk. And I think she, as soon as you like walk in, she will notice that you don't have the lightning hook on you. And you're carrying your own. And she says, What have you done?
3: I'm sorry. I... There was a ghost that didn't work the way it should, be. it should have been. Joan! I told you you had to... I know, I know, I've brought you my own. This is slightly older model, but... Well, you know, it's the one we used to use.
6: I think she takes it in her hands,
1: um, uh, and, like, looks at it and says, You always did the- like them a bit shorter than I did. Are you sure that, like... Are you f- okay? You look really tired.
3: I'm alright. Let's... Um... It was not. Um, but we're, we're out now. And we did what we
1: needed to do. I think she's, she hears the seriousness in your voice. And then she says, OK, look, I'm going to take this with me. And it's going to be weeks before I'm back. But I will arrange to have an accident and have to replace my lightning hook. And I will get this back to you. Because... You are not supposed to be wandering around without your lightning hook.
3: It's really knowledgeable. You've already gone to enough trouble, and there's enough bureaucratic interest in you already, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, well, I did get chewed out by... What, what do Railjacks call their superiors? I did get foreman? chewed out by... Sorry, The Foreman? Yeah, the Foreman, correct. Wait, I did wait. get chewed out by the Foreman.
2: I have a suggestion. Aren't railjacks like like... I think in Ghost Lines they're called like bulls? Oh. Okay. Is the foreman the matador? Oh my god! Oh my
3: (laughs) god!
1: Great. Yeah, that's what they're called now. Yeah, well... Matador did chew me out. You know, something about missing cartridges of ammunition. I told him he could... Shove it up his ass. He wasn't very happy about that. But, uh...
3: So just keep it. I'll be fine with that. There's no ghosts. Not anymore.
1: That's what I thought before you asked me for it. I think you... Yeah. um, I think you get the feeling this is a bit of an impasse, right? Because she's like, you broke it and that's really bad and I do need this but the fact that you broke it proves that you need it. And I think she will say, Come see me when I'm back in, back in town.
3: All right. Really, it'll be fine.
6: I have to go. Thanks. Anytime, Joe. you soon.
3: Yeah, me too. Be safe.
6: Be safe.
1: Yeah, and I think um, as you leave her, there is this sense of like, this isn't finished. But you know, it'll be unfinished. It'll keep, so that's fine. Great. Um, Abbas? Yes? What does your downtime look like? I'm mm, thinking about it. So what
6: do I uh, need to do?
4: I, I remember we talked about you thinking it would be cool if Abbas had some more like, agency over the philosophy of the temple rather than just you know listening to the snake. And yes. I feel like now is the perfect time for you to get something like this in. Maybe I was
5: thinking that yeah. so there's a few ways I could go about it. One is to um, like I don't know if it makes sense for us to covertly kind of try to undermine the snake's authority just by being kind of sneaky about it or if it or if you'd like peruse the uh, you know the ancient libraries like to or find out the origins of this avatar, like in you know, and what exactly? is the uh, authority, uh, is, and then come back with, like, actual solid information.
4: Oh, I like that idea. I think it's very cool if you, like, research the history of the giant Mm. serpent.
5: Yeah, absolutely. Researching the history of the giant serpent it is. Alright. Okay, so I think the history of the giant serpent would be in, like, the very, like, the most ancient texts, right? And maybe, like, uh... Of the Priya and the Mukhi are the people to talk to about like, where these, like, like, because they, they might know like, of um, collections that even Abbas doesn't know exist in the temple.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
5: Mm.
1: Why don't you roll first, and then I'll tell you uh, what their attitudes are. And then we can actually, if Joan, you're around, we can have that conversation with them as well. I think this is a good time to yeah. we can see the philosophy in action, as it were. Yeah, um... Can I assist
2: a bus? In downtown?
5: I don't, I don't yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah.
2: Yeah. mechanically yeah. I should be able to. I'm just asking if yeah. I can, narratively.
5: Are you Are you near? I guess, yeah, narratively, are you nearby?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think Freya comes back, and I think, like, now there's a bit more of a spring in her step, and she seems to be engaging a bit more. She seems very happy because, you know, she... she Totally fudge the record, guys. Uh, we aren't in trouble anymore. Everything's great. Uh, she doesn't yeah. tell anyone about this, of course, but mm-hmm. you know everything's going great. And she's like, you know, here's this nice old man who threw the spirit bomb and freed her from the curse of the fucked-up kingfisher thing that was possessing her soul. Uh, she knows how to read. Uh, you know, if you need a extra pair of eyes in the library, she's got an extra pair of eyes.
5: Yeah, sure. So, um I guess the role's going to be study then, right? Because like that's what we're doing. Yeah. I, guess. I think studies
1: yeah. make, makes perfect sense here.
5: Same old, same old stuff. No modifiers, I guess, other than the assist dice. Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: before um, you roll, uh, oh, no. Okay, you have rolled. Yes. No. It's we a can.
1: 3, a 1, and a 6. So he was, like, the assist was very important. Uh, but yeah. what were you going to say?
2: Yeah, I was going to ask, like, how you feel about me assisting. Like, last time you saw me, I was, yeah, like, an enemy you saved my life and now there's some new person that i mean i, I suppose the fact that uh, you get a six on i guess my assist dice makes a huge difference in the whole thing but like was abbas like reluctant was he a bit of a barrier was he welcoming in the first place
5: actually yeah i don't think abbas was reluctant at all because um like i i think the general mood in the temple with Freya has just been very welcoming, because after the the Kingfisher spirit, like, or whatever, like left Freya's body, like, what you're left with is just a young, like, vulnerable girl, like, and I think the everyone's instant, like, like, reaction was, oh, we should take care of her. Like, make sure she's in good hands, right? So I think, yeah, I don't think there's been any like, yeah, I don't think the Abbas would have been, like, hesitant at all.
2: And I think this is probably Freya's first proper access to a library. Uh. So I think, like, she spends more as much time reading as you do. Interesting.
5: Oh, I mean, they're, they're, hmm. Well, that's something to bond over then, right?
2: Bond over in silence.
6: Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah, just, uh, each of us just picks up one book and go, Mmm! Oh, <laughs> yeah, uh.
2: Ah. (laughs) have you ever played the sims
1: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) this this definitely sounds like the kind of noises sims make anyway please go on
5: just we can admire the citations like wow wow look at i mean look at that like he's he's bibliography has some really strong sources here yeah
2: so what did we uncover we get a six, so that's like a yeah. three six, so, right, on the project.
1: I think that you find a. Okay, I think this is what the scene looks like. As you enter the library, Padma Priya and Padma Mukhi are like um, in their own little corners doing some research, and then I think you stumble across Padma Priya while looking for this volume, and you find that actually she's reading. Exactly what like you want to be reading, uh, and she's reading a different section of the same book. But she says, um, "Oh, I see. You require this as well. Give me one moment." And then like kind of like uh, marks her place and then hands it over to you. But she doesn't leave. She's um, waiting for you to finish. And I think what you find out. So this is a an account of like the founding myths of the temple so in fact there is something about the shrine builder in here as well i think Uh, but this the the bit to do with the snake says and it's like this is both allegory allegory and fact which is uh in the time before recorded time uh there was an egg made of fire at uh, that rose out of the flame and from this egg hatched the snake and the fire is is our god and the snake is uh, the manifestation of our god in our world and i think that like the uh, ending of the myth kind of implies that maybe it wasn't the first time that it happened and it might not be the last time that it happened right that like the point is that no single form of the god will ever be fixed and it will be constantly changing and so on but whether or not that means that like the previous one dies or what happens that is not clear
5: okay very useful stuff
1: All right. very interesting and i think what happens as as you read this is, is that you notice that pavnamuki now has also wandered over um they're both like holding these like they're holding lanterns made by chandlers. And as you peer inside them, you see that there is no fire in them, because I think fire is definitely a hazard in a library. And instead, it seems to be glowing from within somehow. And Admamuki looks at Abbas, and in this moment, you realize that both of them, their eyes have gone a little serpentine. Mm. They no longer have the round pupils. Their pupils appear to be a bit elongated especially here in the depths of the temple, where light is really coming from their lanterns and not from anywhere outside. And I think Padmamuki says, did you find what you were looking for? Yeah, I
6: think I might have found something. Very interesting. Um,
5: But, okay, I mean, so Padmamuki's eyes turning serpentine, like... Has this happened before or like this is the first time Abbas is, is
1: uh... This is new, yeah. I think like maybe... I think like this has been true maybe for like a few weeks, but not necessarily... you can't necessarily like tell unless you're paying close attention. The skin has also gone a bit like snake skinny, but like, that's again like only in some lights, only sometimes.
5: Okay, I think Abbas just goes up for the... moon. Mookie. Okay. Right? Yes, because well, you can't tell them apart.
1: <laughs> no, you can't, no. Yeah. Uh, are, you, are you feeling okay? Am I feeling okay? You, you know, know that our, the avatar of our God, His Majesty, the Eternal One himself, has abandoned us, yes? His presence is nowhere to be felt in the temple. One cannot beseech uh, him uh, for advice or summon him. Oh yes, him. I have felt a
5: great weight lifted off my shoulder, yes. <laughs>
1: I think, like, uh, Mukhi, like, looks at you quite sternly and says, Is our God such a burden to you, Abbas, that his disappearance makes your heart lighter? Mm, but, I mean, the answer to the God question has, is yes. Yes, yes. but, like, you know, I, I, but, like, she yeah. wants to hear the words come out of Abbas's mouth.
5: Mm, but okay, our God has not disappeared. What has disappeared was merely... The manifestation of the God in this world, an imperfect manifestation, because can there true be true perfection in in the material world? No. See, but the true God is still with us because I have filled His power recently, even after the snake left us.
1: I think, he at part- this, Padma priya who is the nicer one, as you felt the touch of the Chokrabarti?
5: of course, have you not? Have you not heard of my exploits down in the tr- uh, Grotto of the Kingfisher?
1: I dismissed that as rumor and hearsay. Are you to uh, tell me that we led an attack on the cult of a rival god and nobody told us? Led an attack
5: is a strong use of words. We were merely going to uh, negotiate the release of a uh, hostage and. Um, the negotiations went very poorly. But, as I said, the power of the God is still with us, and I channeled it through these very hands. I... And, and at, the, at this point, maybe, like, Abbas, like, though he doesn't want to, like, he's leaning in, like, you know, that, the power, like, he is, like, the, the you know, there's a lingering power drunkness, like, yes, and through these very fingers, I. Erased all those who would harm us, and brought us back safely. There is the power of your God, Padma uh,
6: Priya.
1: I think Listen. Padma Muki, You're saying this to Padma Priya, and you know she's like, oh, you know, she, she's a bit impressed, but Padma Muki is actually spending this time looking at Freya, and she says... You! Me? You. Abbas, please tell me we did not invite the scion of the god that you led an attack on into our temple.
5: Oh, no, no. This is just Freya. Uh, no longer... yeah, yeah, yeah. She's... She's no longer the sign of the god. Right, Freya? You're no longer the scion?
2: No, I don't feel like a scion. Yeah, there you go. I think Padma Priya
1: just, like, pats Padma Mukhi on the shoulder and says, No, no, sister. This is, I'm sure, that Abbas and... Miraz, have a very good explanation for this. Is it true, though? Did you feel the touch of the god in the grotto? Uh,
5: if only I could describe what I felt in the grotto. It was like I had become the star itself, the power coursing through me. My, like, it, was not, it was like I was not myself anymore. I had become something else. And then this power, I released it all in one
6: instant. How did you manage such a feat? He's
2: being too modest. It was amazing. Unbelievable.
1: <laughs> yes, certainly it strains, strains credulity. That's Padmamuki.
2: I felt the, the the thing that was holding on to me, it just vanished. Mm-hmm. And and then, and then, and then it was, and then Joan, she, she ate it. I oh, she did,
5: of- did she? Yeah. Oh, and uh, uh, some didn't see this party either. Oh, did, she
1: did. Uh. Yeah, it was. No, no. It, was, it,
6: was it
0: astonishing, is astonishing like... that
1: your senses have been adult child, or it seems that you have. You seem to think that Joan, dear sister, has eaten a god.
5: I mean, knowing Joan, this does seem like the kind of thing she would do.
2: So
1: we are going to ask her right now. <laughs> I Maybe think, you like, should feed her is... more
2: from the temp- from the temple canteen. <laughs>
1: I think Padma Mukhi is genuinely at this going to storm off to find Joan and challenge her on this and get her to admit mm-hmm. that this is all like nonsense and Abbas and Freya have no idea what they're talking about.
2: Mm-hmm. I think Freya's going to follow because this is very funny.
1: Yes. Yeah, I mean it's hilarious because yes. everyone we're, and what we're, you're we're said, all you're coming too. along. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Joan, where are you? In so fact, this is I happening sus- Go ahead. I, sorry, I was just going to say I suspect they're yelling for you. You know, they're saying, Joan, Joan, where are you? Like, through the temple, just hoping to find you when at some point you respond.
3: This is the temple, like, library archive, right? That yes. this happened in. She's, like, a few rows down with her oh, with her nose buried in other books.
1: Nice. Okay. And I think, like, when you respond, and it turns out you were right there the whole time, Mookie's even more annoyed because she was thinking, Oh, you know, I'll have to go somewhere far away. She's really working herself up you know, uh, to a full head of steam. Um, and then, like, it turns out you're right here, and she, like, walks over to you and she says, Joan, what is this I hear about eating a god? But, what, what, like, what could you have done that might have seemed like that to young, impressionable minds like Freya? And, well, uh, we all know our boss was a bit feeble in the head
5: look for the book i don't see what the big deal is because you're so worked up about uh, this god but the problem is taken care of right
3: there's like a million books open here um with and and like notes scattered over them and joan is just kind of like unhealthily hunched over them eyes bloodshot uh doesn't quite respond once uh once they come in but once she is asked about eating a god, she kind of slumps even more. And almost whispers, It's it's true. I did. I did it.
1: I think the problem is they actually have a fair amount of respect for you, Joan. So I don't think Badnomuki thinks that you are lying to her. So I think she crap, oh no. Indeed. Um so I think she looks at you and says you ate a god? What is the world coming to? Our god abandons us? It turns out one of our congregation is some kind of a divinity murderer? And I think she's like, genuinely like, realizing that the reality that she lives in is not the reality that she thought it was.
3: Joan shrinks yeah. even more like violently at the words divinity
1: murderer. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah. Um, look, but
5: okay. What's this all? Look, what is all this talk about eating a god? We all know that there is only one god, the god up in the sky, right? This, this pretend god, this kingfisher—you know what kind of god gets eaten, right? Like I don't see what the big deal here is. Some, uh, you know, just, just calm down. This is just this is just some uh, pretend god that, and you know, if Joan can eat it, then I don't see what the big deal here is.
2: This is really interesting. Is Abbas a monotheist?
5: Yeah, I mean, I, mean there, I, I think Abbas believes that, oh, there are these spirits and stuff that people foolishly worship, but, you know, because, you know, like, if, if we are, like, in, uh, um, like, if our temple is worshipping this god, then I think there has to be some kind of element as, like, this is the right one, right? The, or the only one worthy of worship, right? I, I expect this a bit, like, maybe this world, you know, all gods are real, but... Like, like, there are... Uh, you are devoted to one, and you know, to some extent... And that you one's must...
1: clearly the right one.
5: Yeah, yeah. Like, like even, even, even though you know that the others... Yeah. Even though you know the other ones exist, like, your one is the good one. Yeah. As opposed I to being to a minority. Like, um, yeah.
1: yeah. I was going to say, Catholics do actually eat that god. So... Hmm. <laughs> but, like, I mean, I'm
6: just
3: There's
1: saying. Good. Yeah. Something to consider. Uh, and I think Padmapriya, like, with a lifetime of doing this to her sister, will like kind of like uh, hold her by the hand and say, "Sister, I speak calm now," and then she will turn to you. And it's clear that like her interest is really in this thing which you've said about like feeling the god's power. And she says, um, "What did you do to feel it? How did
6: you? It flowed through your fingers." How did that happen? What did you do to feel the g- powers the god in a tone
1: <sighs> as if to say, How can mm-hmm. I feel that?
5: Well, I was there and in the grotto went it was horrible. Like we were surrounded by these malevolent spirits, like something we've never seen in Lucia before. And Miraz, like he was like Miraz, Joan, vickers like I could see they were all in danger. We were not going to make it out of their life. And then the words, they just came to me. Right. Like, maybe the God was speaking to me directly. And like, Abbas actually has no actual reason to think that this is the case, but Mm -hmm. he's going to milk this for everything that is worth. Absolutely. Yeah. The the words just came to me. Yeah. And when I spoke them, the holy scriptures that are uh, embroidered on our robes, they started to glow. It, it, it was just instinct. I think, from the way, when, when the, the time is right for you, you too, perhaps, can feel this.
1: A time of great danger. Even after the Avatar shunned you, shunned us. The Eternal One was still by your side. Sister, we are not forsaken after all.
6: And I think that, like, Adma Muki, who by now has had a couple of seconds to, like, calm down, just says, yes, Joan has committed an act that I cannot even fathom. Are you well? Have you slept? Have you been here all night?
3: She's saying this to Joan or to of
6: us? Yeah, yeah, she's saying it to Joan, actually.
3: Not all night. I just, I just need to... I need to understand you, because I also don't
1: understand And I think at this, uh, Padmamuki will say, "Oh, my sister and I have some little experience with divine essences. And she says it in, like this dry tone, as if to be like, no biggie. And she says, um, why don't you come with me? You can take a bath and you know, sleep. And I will catalog these books and see what I can find.
3: I, I, I don't know if, if that's a good idea. I just... but moments like this, they, they, have they happened before? Abbas, you've been, you've been reading about this, right? The snake disappearing, or the avatar disappearing, and God's being eaten. And...
6: Hmm. Well, Joan, the, the snake, from
5: what I can tell, is no permanent fixture in our faith. It comes, it goes, and why? I have good reason to believe that this is not even the original avatar. It's like there could have been many before it, and there will be many after. Look, worst case scenario: if the snake has gone and we can't find it, and we really, really need another one, which I don't think we do. Okay, we just wait; another one will come, right? Because once again, I should. I think the important thing here to realize is that even though. The avatar of the god is gone. The god is not gone. Mm?
6: A very important decision to make here.
3: I suppose that's true. Yeah. You're yeah, right. I'm going to get some, some tea. And then she walks in.
2: Mm-hmm. And I gesture um, to Padma Pia and Padma Mukhi and say, she's going to go get some Make sure she has, like, proper food. <laughs> I think Padma Mukhi... I think she says...
1: Nobody told her eat a god is a terrible idea unless you do it very carefully. And, well, I think she kind of points to herself and says, it can have side effects.
6: Have you been eating many gods? <laughs> and I
1: think Padmapriya says, well, you see, my sister and I, we have been... Um, Researching something of uh, of the of our cult's history with transformation, and it turns out that well, there have been those who have uh, merged with Avatar in some way, and don't. And I think he uh, looks at Abbas and says this. She says, "Don't tell Miraz this," but well. We were not very happy with the way Miraz was handling things, so we thought, what could go wrong? And uh, we are closer to the Avatar, but that is, that is why my sister is so upset. We did not expect that
6: our God would abandon us, it's certainly not
1: because of what appears to be more of Miraz's design.
5: When you say, get closer to the god, you mean the, to the snake, are you trying to transform into them?
2: Listen, it's not my business to tell you how to run your temple. I've just come here. But I can tell you, take it from me. Um, trying to become a god is not a good thing. Um, let them stay up there and us down here. And you know, separation, that's, that's ideal.
5: I think Abbas is all thinking to himself at this point, wait, is this blasphemy? Is turning into a god like loud?
1: Great question. Um, <laughs> this is exactly the kind of thing that you should do philosophy about. <laughs> and I think that Padmapriya and padmamukhi have been kind of like keeping the secret from everyone because nobody would like it if it turned out that this is what they're doing. And so they may be just like making some of this up as they go. But they are also very experienced. The stuff that they're making up as they go is still like quite solid. So yeah, they're a bit snake-like. Um, but,
6: you know, much worse things could have happened than they have.
3: I think Joan, being in the process of walking away, then he stops in the stairwell, and then like only half comes back. You're doing this to yourself? And only to yourself?
6: I think um, Padmamukhi says, in fact, we are doing it other. Such a thing is not safe to do. And one is both subject and subject. Do- How are you doing it then?
1: I think Padmapriya says... Uh, we found a book that details some of this, and... Well, both of us
6: have been practicing, mostly on each other, to be fair.
1: And I think she... he kind of blinks, and then for one second you see her entire face almost transformed into a snake, and then she blinks and then goes back to normal. As
3: Oh, shit.
6: It
1: can have weird... Act. we're practicing we're trying to learn how to control it
3: she a step forward now i'm going to need you to be specific please mostly to each other or only on each other
1: only on each other we would not we would not invite anyone else into most ancient secrets of our cult the only reason that we are speaking of it now is that
6: our know, is not around. I don't feel so bad. I think if you are eating breakfast, then
1: we should get breakfast as well. Sister, I will see you in two hours. I think Padmupriya just comes with you. It's like, you know, I'm going to put some food in you, I'm going to put some food in me, you know, and maybe we all need to take a break from this for a little bit, because that was very stressful.
6: Yeah.
1: And yeah, I think... Um, that was kind of like what I wanted to bring up. And it dovetailed very nicely with what happened last session, which is mm-hmm. that these guys have been doing their own weird experiments. So nobody's paying attention to them. And, <laughs> uh, you know, it's like, I, I think I was basically thinking about, well, these are like, you have an elite cohort. that has been here forever. whom Nobody talks to, you know, uh, floor was unreliable. So I was like, well, Seems pretty unreliable to me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, yeah. That's what they've been up to.
2: Mm. Need to talk some sense into them.
1: Probably, yes. And again, now is a good time, because the snake isn't around. Mm. Um, But I will say that it's, it's very likely that this is the kind of thing that they would need the snake to do. So, you know, without the snake... This Becomes very difficult, but they were definitely also in on it with the snake, whatever that,
2: yeah. Okay, okay. so that was also falling on one of our buses down directions.
1: Yes, I, I figured this yeah. was basically working on the clock, um, that uh, Vickers started about solving mm-hmm. the shunning.
4: Okay, of- so three ticks to that then. Yeah, because you, it you're. It sort of makes sense. It's it's going around the serpent to the. Yeah, exactly. God itself. Okay. I'm working on that. So then we have four ticks on the Chakraborty's favor.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah. And it's exactly that, like, the clock is called the God's favor, not the Avatar's. So, like. Yeah. Let's do more downtime and then get to it. Yeah. Um, so who has downtime left? I think I do. Some. Uh, yeah, yeah, I've got some downtime left,
6: but
5: uh, yeah, Emma, you can go first while I think of what I want to do.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay. I think the research that she had been doing is going to continue. this. now with the added suspicion that if Patnavia and Patnamoki are doing this, uh, this kind of bringing closer to the god or to the avatar thing,
6: mm-hmm.
3: it might. Have leaked,
6: mm-hmm.
3: and that's why she is becoming stranger and stranger herself.
6: Mm. Oh, yeah, absolutely.
3: So she wants to like just understand exactly what they are doing and whether it might have something to do with her like, devouring yeah. nature.
6: Yeah, for sure. So
3: yeah, I think it's probably a project clock understanding the devouring nature.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, you have a specific insight into this because you are this. Uh, I don't think this needs to be a very long clock. I think this could be 40. And I think depending on how you go about it, we will discover something. Uh, I will also flag that a couple of sessions ago when you ate the crow, we actually did establish that have understanding of the crow because you ate it it does seem a bit like eating things is how joan understands things like talking. yeah absolutely like that <laughs>
6: mm-hmm.
3: um, yeah all right yeah
1: um, how do you want to go about mm-hmm. this do you want to consort with or i mean do you want to talk to cohort or find someone else like what is your in fact There is someone, there are some people you could definitely talk to uh, who are, of of course, the Rakshasas who are famous Ah, for um, eating things.
3: They are, so...
1: Oh, I mean, we could definitely kind of see that. Maybe
3: that should be what I
1: think. Yes, I think so, yeah. Uh, The temple does have... um, Oh... They've got, it's got, I, I thought, well, I mean, I thought that the temple had a Rakshasa contact, because you have, like, positive status with them. Um, Let's
2: just give ourselves one. We have yes. space. Yeah, you do. Um, mm-hmm. While I write one in, how about you give the re- listeners a narration from maybe the faction description? Yes. So. We haven't featured um, them before.
1: So the Rakshasas are a faction, but also like a description for a kind of person in Udwasha, which is someone who is both monstrous and dedicated to a specific cult and the code of that cult. Uh, And this cult is uh, the cult of the Lady of Mercy, who is also known as She Who Slays in the Dark. The Rakshasas keep Uduwasha well ordered, both physically and kind of spiritually. So they keep the city clean. They gather refuse, this kind of thing. But also, they are the people who kind of like go after any arcane problems that arise, uh, especially if the arcane problems arise in places where the noble houses are not paying attention. And Actually, this is a lovely line in one of the descriptions, which is, every child sleeping with an open window lives in fear. The Rakshasa will come in at night, come in with his red stained sack and a big, big smile. Oh, yes. I think that they are probably as old, if not older, uh, as a cult, as the cult of the Chakraborti. And I think you find that the two cults have a very collegial kind of relationship, like res- like mutual respect. Probably just like Abbas, there are people who are in the cult of the Lady of Mercy who are like, oh no, but Agat's I- the real one. That one's fake. But by and large, it's-, it's like, we are both institutions in this place and
2: we belong here.
1: Let's give this Rakshasa a name and let's not give him a name.
2: So we no. had one. I just remembered that there... Oh, sorry. Yes. No, I-, I was confused. I was thinking about the gargoyle contact that Zajidan had. We never established a Rakshasa contact.
0: Oh, I see. I thought we did.
2: No, no. Do you want to take. um, So I have like two NPCs that I came up with. One of them was the Chief Priestess, which I think is probably not the one. Yeah, I think she's.
1: Yeah, the other one. Looking for. Unfortunately, the word Rakshasa comes up quite a lot, uh, as you can imagine. Yeah, the other one
2: is called Daddy (laughs) Dunder.
1: Yes, that is what he is called.
2: His tags are collector, kindly, terrible, and avid singer.
1: That's great, because I am also a terrible... Are you a terrible, and avid singer? I mean, like, I'm not terrible, but I'm not great. I'm, I'm mediocre and avid.
2: Just be mediocre and avid, and if necessary, I'll just do some post-processing to make it worse. That's excellent. Very good.
1: Just, like, auto-tune it so much, it becomes out of tune. So as you... So this guy, Daddy Dunda... It's probably the Rakshasa who does the rounds here. And in fact, we established that like, the Rakshasas have a back door into your temple. Not that they, they use it or that he uses it now, but like, that is also something we should keep in mind. Okay. But, Joan, you can find him kind of wandering around Udeput. Um, just like, it's kind of like a policeman on a beat, except this is, this is a garbage man on a beat. And he is very tall, very pale, thick, thin. Uh, and when he speaks, you can see that um, his teeth glint perfect white in the mirror light. Um, he could give Diamond to the run for his money. Bone white. Bone white. Yes, absolutely. And I think if you, if you, if you see him, he will recognize you.
2: So and all rotesses have-, have some sort of animal companion.
1: Yes, correct. Uh, I think he has a uh, some kind of lizard. Like a a large like monitor lizard type thing that like is curled around him. What do you think is the weird thing about this lizard that kind of like sets it apart from something you might see?
3: Probably that's a hairy lizard.
1: sure yeah that's what it it doesn't
3: have fringe it has a mane
1: absolutely it has and i think like it's got bells in its mane um he's like very carefully like tied into its mane his its mane and like it tinkles and as the like the cart kind of like when he sees you he recognizes you i don't know if you recognize him but he knows who you are
3: i think i've heard of this guy probably because he's in our district and and we have a collegial relationship with them. Yes. And still she will introduce herself. Hello. Um, I'm Joan.
6: Ah, Joan Didi, the one that like came from uh...
3: Scotland.
1: Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, we've all been hearing about you. You used to ride those trains. What a... Yes, yeah,
3: yeah.
1: What a life. I mean,
0: how come you gave it up? That's really quite something.
3: Where well, it gets too much to stomach after some time. Are you? My... Uh... And she up any questioning.
1: I think, like, yeah, he, hes just gonna say, "Am I?" and like raise his eyebrows as if to be like, I don't know, you could be asking me anything."
3: Yeah, I was—I was looking for Raksasa. Ah. The one who goes around here.
1: Ah, this is my my beat. I mean, you know, I've been looking after this part of Udeput now. Five thirty years ever since, ever since old Pani passed away. What do you need? What can I do for you? Some kind of arcane trouble? I figured, you know, temple usually doesn't need that kind of help, but happy to offer.
3: Something like that, right? Like, something I need to understand.
1: Understanding. Now that's something we should all be pursuing now why don't you come with me, you know, I can't really afford to stay in one place at a time, but so long as you can keep up with me and... Uh, oh, what is the lizard called? Called Tiger. As long as you can keep up with me and Tiger here, you know. And, like, he's just going to continue through, like, Udaiput, which is, like, I'm all, I've always imagined it, like, kind of old Delhi, like, very, like, higgledy-piggledy houses, but also um, quite grand in its own. Uh, And he's like saying hello to people he meets, pointing things out, you know, just telling you like trivia, waiting for you to open up. I've been eating a lot of
3: strange things, lately. Not entirely, not entirely of my own will.
1: Eating not out of your own will? That sounds like a problem, huh? What have you been eating?
3: I ate a golem once.
1: Can you say that
6: again? One of those birds,
3: like, yeah, the the wax birds, that, that's how it started.
6: What did you find that they tasted? Crunchy. Ah, so you liked it.
3: I I suppose so. Mm.
6: um, It's, I'm mostly worried,
3: and I would like to stop.
1: Yeah, that's unfortunate. See, I mean, for me... Golems always, they're just like they leave too many bits between your teeth. I'm not a fan, but that, that absolutely some people, you know, some of my friends, they love it. So, of it can't be helped, you know, it, different strokes for different folks. Haha, you said you wanted to stop. Now, do you find yourself compelled to eat crows quite often? Of course, you can only really find them in the imperial quarter, no? It's-
3: not necessarily that. It's
1: that other things lose
3: their taste. Other things, like they don't feed me.
6: Hmm. Okay. That that does seem
1: that does seem like a problem. Now tell me, are you? Did this come upon you all of a sudden? No warning, nothing. Just one day, you're walking down the road, you see a crow, and you think to yourself, "Yes, I would like to eat that."
3: Basically, yes.
1: Yeah. I mean. I mean, stranger things have happened, but this is pretty strange. Now, I need you to be honest with me. Have you killed a Rakshasa recently? No,
3: no, no, no. no not so.
1: Okay, okay, good. Because sometimes, you know, well, our, our lady doesn't like it and then she makes bad things happen to people who hurt. But if you say it, then I'll believe you. That does leave us in something of a pickle. Do you like pickle?
3: Yeah, I used to. Is this? But is this how it normally
1: happens? No, this is absolutely not how it normally happens. The way that it normally happens is that, well, for example, Tiger uh, here—he's been my friend for a long time, and you know, we learn to eat things as rakshasas from our animal companions. Um, We learn how to appreciate something that you know you might not always think can be eaten and. Uh, It gives you a new appreciation for life, for all of the things in it, which are eventually at one day, at some point, going to die. But something like what's happened to you, that seems like, that does seem like something like a a god would do because it thought it was quite funny. Have you been in trouble with any gods recently? Maybe not mine, but some
3: others? A little bit. Well, our, our own God seems to have an interesting sense of humor sometimes.
1: Ma'am, they all do. They all do. I, mean, I think they think it's funny, but I, it's nothing but trouble for us. Okay, so here's what I suggest. If you find yourself unable to eat regular food, you should do the same thing that, you know, we do, which is bond with something that can help you appreciate that. Pay attention, you know. Like the first time I saw Tiger, like just fucking completely destroy a golem, just ate it in one fell swoop. I thought to myself, now I have to, I have to do that, and I did, because because that is what my God requires of me. You do the, you do the opposite. You know, you find you find something or someone who enjoys chickpeas or you know biryani, and you really kind of focus on that. That's, that's option one. Option two is to appease whatever god you're in, and then he makes air quotes. He says, whatever god you're in, a little bit of trouble. But I imagine that's a lot harder.
3: I think I'll, tr- I'll talk to Vikas first and
1: see if that works. Ah, Victoria! That's Miraz's wife, right? Yes, yes. Hmm. You know, I really should drop by sometime. I haven't seen Zajidan in a while. And you had that roof ball party, but I couldn't come. You know, yeah. I think I'll definitely, definitely turn up. And I think then his, his smile turns just a little sly. And he says, um, and tell me if you have any problem with that uh, Kingfisher stuff also. Huh? Like, we are here to help you anytime. And I think he just, like, says that and then, and then like, we'll leave with this, like, kind yeah, of... Yeah, she's just fucking stunned. <laughs> yeah, like, I think he's he was waiting for you to bring that up and then you didn't and then that was fine. But then at the end, he just couldn't resist. We just say I couldn't resist, but I was being him, so it's fine. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> Does he sing as he walks away?
1: Yeah, um, what is he singing? Uh, he's singing something, probably. Oh, I know what he's singing. Uh, he is singing a very famous um, song from. Uh, when is it from the 70s? Yeah, the 70s. Uh, it is from the film Bobby. It is. Um, and he, he's very off tune. Um, I mean, of course, the film Bobby does not exist in Uduwasha, but somehow the song does just go
2: with it. There are, there are mysteries here about this cult, clearly.
1: Yes, indeed. Club <laughs> de and Then he's, like, kind of, like, as he wanders off singing this, I think we see Joan just kind of, like, stand there, quite shocked. Uh, and then, like, a small child will walk up to her and say, Am, are you okay? As if, like, you look really... My mom's just sent me down the road to make sure you're fine. Like, I think that's where the scene kind of ends. Just that look of shock on you.
3: Wonderful.
1: So we should do the committee as a score. And I think like a couple of things, I will remember the silver nail as well. Uh, and I'll bring that up here somehow. Yeah. We'll see how it goes.
3: Yeah, I should maybe, cause this was what I just did was a downtime action to work by project. I should grow the consort or something. Yes.
2: Yeah. I think consort got is- got so mid-
3: absorbed in the scene. Yeah.
2: yeah. Let's make sure to finish all the downtime actions, like get all that out of the way and then move towards the committee. Yeah, I agree.
3: Yeah, I'm just going to roll consort and does it make sense to have a bonus die from him?
1: Oh yeah, I think he will give you... I think the cost that you paid for his bonus die was the look on your face and he's very happy with it. So yes. <laughs> Wonderful. It's a it's six. incredible. It's so important that he told you that.
3: <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Excellent. I feel oh, like, he is this? one bonus die, right?
4: Oh yeah, this is a separate project, right? Yeah, it's this wor- is not wor-
1: yeah, this is not the favor of the God.
4: Yeah. Yeah. All good. Excellent.
2: Call this one tummy troubles. Mm.
1: <laughs> no, I mean it says Joan <laughs> understands her devouring nature, but tummy troubles is awful. Yeah, that's
4: how yeah. I would think of it. So Abbas has one downtime action, Joan has one downtime action, right? Nice. Yes.
3: No, my downtime actions
4: are done. Oh yeah, you're, you're, you're okay Okay, so our boss has one left. Okay,
5: I do have one left, and
1: when you have two left, no, you have only one left. You have calculating, right?
2: Um, yeah, uh, I've got. Uh, you have calculating, so you have two left. But I let's do them quickly, Yeah,
5: though I don't know if, uh, like, I mean, I don't, I don't have to do two because I don't really have much to. I mean, you do, could just like think.
1: train for one of them. Yeah. yeah.
5: One thing I think I could do is, like I said, uh, maybe, uh, I was thinking, like, maybe, like, uh, before the score makes some kind of move against the Big Emotion Tara. so that could be, like, finding some info on her, like, like, maybe it should be, I don't know, like, acquire an asset of some kind, like, uh, or, like, try to find out what her plans are. But I don't know if that works better now or as part of the gather info before
2: the score you can also flash back to it. you can just use current situation to like I don't know just do some quick stuff like reduce yeah. heat indulge vice or just train yeah, and, there's and, like, uh, and there's a few
1: clocks you could work on there's the you know arcane wards, uh, uh, like there's a clock for like making it getting to a new claim you know theres a few, there's, there's some stuff so like you're not short of things that you could
5: yeah yeah and no, that's more of uh the how to do it um okay, you know what i'm I'm just gonna do some quick stuff now so we can uh move on so let's uh let's do some training, which is uh, hang on. let me bring up the appropriate um
2: yeah it's easy, like you basically say whether you're training one of the like um, attributes inside Provost resolve or playbook
6: mm. yeah so oh, okay.
2: which one are you doing?
5: I'm gonna be training. Should I be? Should I specialize or spread out? I think maybe I'll train a tune because I think I'm gonna be doing more of that. Yep. Yeah.
2: Yeah. The way this works is that you're training resolve. Right. Like yeah. You yeah. put an XP in resolve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. How it. does? What do you do? Do you just spend more time reading, or yeah? But, I mean, it's a, fireballs.
6: I, I, <laughs> uh,
5: yeah. A bit of both, I guess. Newfound power. Um,
2: yeah, just went out on the court here and started chucking fireballs. Is it like yeah. the scene in Spider-Man where Tobey Maguire st- starts uh, essentially throwing webs out of his hand? Yeah, yeah. On the roof. essentially that. But with more fire extinguishers. <laughs> yes.
3: Locationally <laughs> well, reading uh, the D&D wizard uh, class.
2: And less, <laughs> and less uh, adolescent subtext.
5: Oh, wait, there! Ah, what am what I saying? I was saying that I don't have things to do in downtime, but there is because I've got I've got harm that I should be reducing.
1: Oh, yes, that would be. I should
5: good. be recovering. Yes, um, I think um, I could go to, uh, maybe we'll just go to Amitab because you know, uh, my doctor friend is probably busy, you know, being in university and all like. Uh huh.
4: Yeah. yeah. we we have to check in on Mirage. Act. Yeah. Uh, and Johannes, yeah. anyway. So, I think uh, I was going to say, I'm also planning on spending my coin on just recovering from the wound that Vickers doesn't even realize she has. But, so. It's a quick scene at then? Yeah, yeah sure. I don't even That's... think it needs to be a scene necessarily. I think Vickers will bring, like, she, he's my good friend. And uh, I think probably it is the case that Abbas introduced me to this man. But I think, if I may introduce, if I may establish, a thing about Abbas and Amitabh's relationship, I think it would be very funny if the reason he's not your friend is that you two disagree on some, like, obscure point about <laughs> philosophy. <laughs> it's like... yeah, yeah. So, I get along with him perfectly fra- fine, but you have some... I don't think it's bad-spirited, right? But I think it would be very funny if Amitabh and Abbas, like, disagree <laughs> about some point about traditional medicine.
5: Ah, uh, but then why am I going to him now, then?
4: Uh uh-huh well (laughs) like i said i don't think it's bad spirit and i just think it's you know it's like some minor trivial point where you know like he's still a traditional doctor you still respect him but there is this like one niggling point (laughs) also he is literally saving your nephew's life yeah Yeah. so maybe your relationship with him is improving but i think maybe even this is not from Abbas to Mm Amitabh maybe in fact Abbas has nothing against Amitabh but Amitabh is really annoyed with Abbas oh Oh, yeah that could be (laughs)
5: it Yeah, Yeah, I like that. I like that. I think Abbas is even like completely like oblivious to the fact that Amitabh doesn't really like him
4: that much. Yes. Yeah, I think that's funny. But Amitabh has some like, you know, that guy's bullshit preaching gets on my nerves. I
5: I think Abbas is exactly the kind of patient who will go in to see a doctor and start telling the doctor what to do rather than letting them work.
2: Yeah. What are you you doing? Clearly uh, you put that there and no, 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 no.
5: What, uh-huh. oh, you're using uh, this brand, uh, Balm? No, 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 yeah. look, I, I brought my own. <laughs>
4: uh-huh. and, like, he will still do it because he's a professional, but he'll be very yeah. annoyed. Yeah, okay, I don't think yeah. we need to have much more of a seat. I just want to establish that because yeah, I think it's, yeah. it's fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I'm going to roll a recovery roll for Vickers. Uh, it's tier plus one. I'm spending a coin, I'm spending a second coin to do that again because screw having injuries. So, this is where my actual coin goes. I'm spending my entire, uh, all the money I made from my score to heal. And I just barely manage. Yeah. I
1: mean, the first one was a five and the second one was
4: a three. So, yes. Yeah. The funny thing is, Vickers doesn't even know that she has an injury because she was like a soul injury and she has no attune. So, she has no idea that this happened. But of course, she's going to go to Amitab anyway because, you know, she feels a little out of sorts and can't put a finger on it. And <laughs> that's why she goes to him anyway regularly. So. Oh. I reduce my soul harm to level one.
5: Alright, so we're rolling uh, tier plus one.
2: Do either of you check in on Miraz? Oh, of course! Yeah. Mm-hmm.
6: I, oh,
1: I'm so curious. Of course, do. His, I think... uh...
2: Yeah, I think Miraz is just kind of like sleeping and, like, just lying in bed. And I think some only someone who's, like, really paying attention would notice that his lips are moving very, very slightly. Like, he seems to be muttering something. Mm hmm. And if anyone like, really, really leans in, they'll realize that he's muttering over and over the recipe for spam biryani.
6: Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> Amazing. Great.
6: Does
5: he seem happy while doing it? No.
6: Uh-huh. What a shame. Okay.
4: Uh, I, I, have cha- I have downgraded my wound, but I have noted it as a level 1 harm. Spiritually discombobulated now. Excellent.
6: Cool. Uh, Can we take a quick break now? Yeah, that
1: would be good. Yeah, I think it's a good time. And so blows out our brief candle. I named the disciples of the ceaseless temple thus, with both their given names and taken. Saumitri, called Tree. Zoheb, called Clow. Prince. Emma. And Adyat, called Soap. Intro music, Jalandahar by Kevin MacLeod. Outro music in Kiravani Ragam by Yusri Nivas. Plays in the Dark by John Harper and Evil Hat Productions. Iruvian Playbooks by John Stone Metzger. Follow us at Desperate Atune on Twitter or email us at DesperateAttuned at gmail.com. Support us. At coffee.com, Slash Desperate Attune.
2: On the next episode of Desperate Attune.
4: Oh, perfect! Yes, okay. Yes. Now, that that's how we're doing the committee meeting, obviously. We're having this meeting in the ghost field so that we can accurately interpret the will of our god through mystic spiritual bullshit. We're having a dreamscape score, everyone. Excellent.
2: Oh boy. Yeah. Everyone yeah! shows up, they're invited to join hands and uh, uh-huh. in the sanct- Sanctum Sanctorum, and we shall
4: astral project. Yeah. Yes. Big wink. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, no, but I think it's. I I like the idea of this being in the ghost field because it does also. Like, Mm -hmm. we are still a weird cult. We're not, like, you know, an everyday housing association. So it does make a ton of sense that our committee meetings are not just, like, a boring vote on something, but actually has, like, spiritual power behind it. Yeah. It's really? very
3: spiritual and very eldritch, and at the same time, we are going to be talking about exactly those things that a housing association will talk about. Yes. <laughs> yes, <laughs>
1: exactly. Housing association, guys, it's fine, it's very normal. Yes, I
5: uh-huh. mean, essentially, like uh, when you strip away so well, like this is essentially a zoom call via like,
1: yeah,
5: the ghost field. um, or yeah, uh-huh. via the ghost
4: field, <laughs> yes, without the snake avatar now. So now we're communicating directly some sort of eldritch burning wheel from before time (laughs) and and asking it what kind of renovation it wants to do. (laughs)